Mid-market sized businesses are where the true economic action in business really is. They are nimble and agile, they're factories of growth, they lead in innovation and they're early adopters of tech. These enterprises need the right tools, support and environment to flourish. But sadly, they're often overlooked and undervalued. Not here though. This is the Mid-Market Matters podcast and I'm your host, Craig West. We'll explore pain points, growth strategies and how to find the competitive edge. Welcome to SME Radio. In this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we're joined by Michael Haynes. Michael's a specialist in business-to-business customer relationships, helping both SMEs and startups use buyer-driven approaches to retain and acquire business customers. He's passionate about this, and I've heard him speak at conferences and in networking events and so on. It's a real area of expertise, and it's something that all business owners should be clued up on. Michael, thanks for joining us, firstly. Thank you for having me, Craig. So let's start with a bit of an overview of why this B2B customer experience is such an important aspect in your view. Uh, Sure, Craig. Customer experience um, being buyer-driven in the B2B space is very, very important. Business-to-business presents significant opportunities for SMEs, for mid-market organizations, you know, big contracts, long-term contracts. Uh, lots of you know ways to drive growth. However, you really have to understand the dynamics of the B2B space, focusing in on the needs of the business buyers, those people making those business decisions as to whether to purchase your products or services. You really have to understand them and cater to them, delivering to their needs uh, is what's so important and critical to success. Craig, this is an area that is quite complex and is rather challenging, both from a buyer's end, from a seller's end. And so it's very important uh, that products and service providers really have an understanding of the B2B landscape and the needs of the B2B buyer and really deliver to that. You've worked in both small and very large businesses in Australia, Brazil, Canada. Tell us a bit about your background. How did you get into this area? How do I get into the B2B space? Uh, well, I was doing some work in consulting for one of the large consulting firms. Then I moved over uh, from large consulting firm at Centre Woods over at Telstra, heading up their research and analysis uh, in their wholesale division. And that's really where I really got into the whole B2B space in terms of really how to understand and service those large enterprise business customers. And yes, I really just kind of took it from there. And then in 2010, went on my own and set up my own consultancy to focus on the needs of uh, business-to-business space and decided to focus very much on the SME side of things as SMEs and mid-markets have are really good at what they do and can provide a lot of value to larger organizations, but often don't know how to navigate, how to get in to attract those business customers, how to maintain those business customers. And so I thought there was a real need to really service that part of the business market uh, in terms of helping them really take advantage of the opportunities that the B2B space, particularly with your larger uh, clients, can provide. So a lot of the work you do is around buyer behavior, attitudes, concerns, priorities. Tell us about the modern, what does a B2B buyer look like and how do we, so, how do we use that knowledge? Uh, one of the key things you have to understand in the business business space when you're selling products and services to other businesses is that buyers and users are not one and the same. And in terms of the buying decision, there are usually multiple people that will be involved in the buying process. In your larger organizations, there can be six to eight people that will be involved in that decision and approval process. 
And so it's very important that you really understand their needs and requirements. And business buyers are quite fickle. Uh, even prior to this whole current situation that we're in, there is often tendency to be a high degree of mistrust, a bit of skepticism around some of the products and service providers out there. Business buyers often tend to do a lot of self-research, self-educating. So they're very uh, highly knowledgeable around what's available within the market, what's going on within the market. But at the same time, they are really looking for guidance in terms of you know, what they should be doing, being given actionable solutions, being given assistance with the implementation. Those are the kinds of things that business buyers are looking for. And business buyers expect that product and service providers, when they approach them, that they understand their needs and they, have, and they can provide suggestions and recommendations. So that was the environment pre-COVID. Now that we're in this current environment, Craig, even more so now, business buyers are really yearning for those insights, advice, guidance, actionable solutions. They want to be able to connect with other people. They want to get some guidance and some certainty as to what to do, how to move forward. So these are the kinds of things that business buyers are looking for. Therefore, as a product or service provider, your job is what I call to enable the buyers, to enable them to get that information, advice, support that they need so that they can meet their objectives and make those purchase decisions hopefully within your favor. So how do you go about doing that? I mean, you've talked about you know, understanding the buyer, and that makes perfect sense. That's obviously an important part. How do we go about that as a mid-market business owner? What are the things we need to look for and learn? So one of the things you need to look for uh, as a mid-market owner, you need to understand for your product or service category, who are the relevant decision makers, you know, leveraging your current contacts and your knowledge of that organization to identify who are those one or two key individuals. And then it's about really doing your research and building your understanding about those individuals making decisions. And so that may involve, first of all, maybe doing a bit of online research, really understand the company, understanding the industry, what's going on. But it's really about having meaningful dialogue and conversations with those decision makers and stakeholders to find out, you know, where are they at right now? What are their priorities? What are their challenges? What are they trying to achieve in terms of over the next, you know, three, six, nine months? So having that dialogue and really getting a depth of understanding of what's going on in their organization, what they're trying to achieve, that's really one of the key ways in terms of how you're going to build your knowledge as to what you need to do as a product or service provider to really deliver value to them. Let's just talk about business innovation. You, you talked a number of times there about, you know, keeping up to date and, and being aware of what's going on in the marketplace with your competitors and importantly, your customers. How important is business innovation as we recover from COVID-19? Craig, business innovation is imperative and it's critical. Now, one of the things I do want to emphasize is when I'm talking about business innovation, I'm not necessarily talking about invention. The correct definition of business innovation is about making new introductions and or improvements within your organization. So that could be around your products. It could be around your services. It could be around your marketing. It could be around your processes that you're using. It could be uh, from an organizational perspective in terms of getting involved in joint uh, ventures, strategic partnerships. And these are new things that might be new to your company. They could be adopting uh, approaches, methods, new introductions, changes uh, that other members of your industry are doing. But it's really understanding based on understanding where your customers, where your market are, is at, where they're at at this time in this post-COVID recovery, what is it they need, using that understanding, Craig, to then determine what areas across your business, product, service, your processes, your marketing, that you need to be making changes and or 
new introductions or improvements to meet customer market need. Yeah, it's an interesting area because obviously people misunderstand what you're saying very clearly there is innovation doesn't mean you have to go out and do a whole R&D project and invent something new. It's more about being innovative in your existing business. Exactly. Said that spot on, Craig, about being innovative in your existing business in response to market customer needs. And the new things you may introduce, maybe things that are new to your company, you may be adopting approaches from other industries, uh, what your competitors are doing. But it's, yeah, making those new changes, introductions to really be in alignment and deliver to market customer needs. And that is critical now more than ever, given all of the changes and uncertainty and the environment that we are currently in. The actual role of customer experience in the business itself, how does it impact upon the business performance? And then let's have a chat about what we can do about improving it. Yeah, so customer experience, people typically think about customer experience in a business-to-consumer context, but in the business-to-business context, customer experience is becoming critical now more than ever. Again, business buyers are very demanding. They are looking for, again, information, advice, actionable solutions. So business buyers, the decision makers, looking for certain things. And then also your users, as well as your products and services, are looking for certain service levels, certain kinds of support. And it's very important that you, as a product or service provider in the B2B space, are really delivering to those. Uh, Business buyers are very fickle and will churn. And I think the latest studies have shown that over 75% of business buyers will move to another competitor if they've had a bad customer experience. So customer experience is really quite critical to retaining those uh, customers and clients that you have. And in the B2B space, delivering well to your current client and customers is a great source of referral and advocacy, which will also help you get more customers and clients as well. So delivering on customer experience will help with both your customer retention and getting upsell and cross-sell, but it will also help you in terms of gaining new customers as well to further drive your business and further drive your overall business performance. One of the interesting things that I think uh, you've spoken about before, I know, is around this account-based strategy approach with business customers. Can you maybe just explain exactly what that is and then how and why it works and why it's so important? Sure. So account-based strategy often is actually referred to as account-based marketing, Craig. I don't really like the term account-based marketing because organizations, decision makers then tend to focus solely from a marketing perspective. But account-based strategy is really about really understanding with respect to your key clients and customers, what it is that they need, and it's really delivering to all of their requirements in terms of product, service, uh, process, operational It's very advantageous in a B2B context to be using account-based strategies, particularly if your company is involved in selling complex solutions, expensive solutions and products, if there's a long decision-making process and timeline. Taking an account-based, that holistic approach where you're really understanding the need of that overall customer, what they require, and then having very tailored messaging, products, services, and processes to meet those customer needs. It is a great way in terms of maintaining your your current customers, uh, which will help you gain that uh, longevity in terms of lifetime value, getting cross-sell and upsell, and again, as turning those customers into advocates, which again, can help you get further customers and drive further growth. 
Okay, so it sounds like that's a fairly key element of your overall B2B strategy. Is that right? Yes, I'm a big proponent, and particularly in this current environment in terms of account-based strategies, where we don't have, when you have limited resources, it's really about, you know, where you can identify who are those priority clients and customers to really focus in on them, have a deep understanding of what they require, and then taking a very proactive planned approach to deliver to their needs, thinking holistically across the business, not just in terms of marketing, but, you know, the products, you know, service and support, and really trying to meet all of their needs and really delivering value to that customer holistically. There's a lot to do here, I guess. I want to break it down in a moment around, you know, the best practices. What is it that we need to focus on? You know, you've covered a fair few areas with buyer behavior and innovation and then customer experience and account-based strategy. If you were to break it down into sort of here's a plan, what's the best practice things that we need to put in place to build this within our business? Great question, Craig. We really need to start off, you know, step by step. Step number one, uh, senior managers, meet with your team and take a look at who are your key clients and customers. Who are those key priority clients that are providing, you know, a significant proportion of your revenue? Are your key strategic customers that are going to help you uh, move forward, particularly in, in this environment? So identifying who your key customers are, then going out and making sure you have a detailed understanding of what those uh, clients and customers' needs are. Now, regardless of when you may have last had your uh, customer workshops, meetings, or surveys, given all the volatility in the last couple of months, I would highly suggest that you're setting up some meetings with some of these key client and customers from the stakeholders to understand their current situation and their current needs. So that would be step number one, is to get that understanding of what's going on with your key customers and clients through having some meetings and discussions. And you may want to supplement that with some online research. So understanding customer needs would be number one. Then secondly, would be then to determine, to prioritize what are some of those key uh, common needs across those key priority customers. And then thirdly, would then be determining how you're going to be addressing some of those key needs. And maybe just starting off with the, you know, one or two initially and determining how best can you service and support and nurture those customers. So those would be some really initial steps I would say to take. Prioritize your customers, understand their needs, and then determine what are some of the initial requirements and needs that you're going to try and service for them. That gives us a tangible list of things to implement. Interestingly, for most business owners, they're really busy. So in terms of your yep. number one tip, what's the number one thing you would suggest people go away and look at to start this process? Go look at your customer da data. Who are the ones that are you know, spending the most with you that you've had uh, long-term relationships with? Yeah, identify who are those most important customers and start from there. Excellent. So firstly, how do people get in touch with you and find out about what you do and how you can help them with this journey? Sure. Uh, they can go to my website, listeninnovategrow.com. And on my website, there's an array of tools, resources, as well as lists of uh, upcoming events. Uh, I will be doing some webinars and workshops over the next couple of months. So listeninnovategrow.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn a fair bit as well. Yeah, you're very prolific on LinkedIn. A fair bit's a bit of an understatement, I think. So listeninnovateandgrow.com. And obviously- Oh, no, just, just listen, innovate, grow. No, no and. Just listeninnovategrow.com. Oh, no and or LinkedIn, which you're obviously fairly active on as well. Michael, thanks for joining us today. That's been really helpful information. And uh, as I said, if people need or feel like they could learn more and get in touch with you, listen, innovate, grow.com or LinkedIn. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to SME Radio. 
proudly produced by Eagle Wave's small business podcasting platform. For more great episodes like this, go to smea.org.au. Remember, if you have a story to tell, we want to share it. Yeah.